Just start her again yeah. and just be fun. Yeah. Be fun, Artie, not teacher Artie. Could have been a professor. I could have been one of the greats. Could have been one of the greats. <laughs> <laughs> it only took 18 months and we're on the, the same references. Because in the beginning, it was like, Artie, what are you speaking? I don't speak Mandarin. It worked. I'm Rob. And I'm Artie. And welcome to Tradesplaining, a podcast that tries to make sense of international trade, business, and expat life without putting you to sleep. Too late. On today's episode, we'll review the year that was, 2021, looking back on what we learned, where we see things going, and what we're looking forward to in 22. Hint, more TS and merchandise. TS swag. And as always, we'll have usual listener feedback and news roundup. Actually, we're just going to round up old news. We're going to repackage old news <laughs> into new news. We need to, it's called content creation. Yeah, actually, we need to think of a better way to describe that. Repackaging? Reanimating? Recycling. <laughs> it's reusing. It's good for the environment <laughs> and for our listeners and for our content calendar. It's a more sustainable podcast, folks. We are the IKEA of podcasts. We don't just throw away content. We reuse it. We reuse your old stuff. Post-consumer content being reused in this podcast. Are we done yet? Should we just get into it? I think, I think we should just get right Let's into it. Let's get into it. Well, everybody, welcome to episode 27. This will be the last episode of 2021. It's also the atomic number of cobalt, which if you're like me, you associate with Chevy. Chevrolet. As the French call it. (laughs) (laughs) In any case, as I said, this marks the final episode of 2021, where we will be wrapping up the 12 full months of TS and bringing you the year that was in a compact, digestible 35 minutes of easy listening and witty outtakes. I'm just wait, I'm waiting to hear that. Sorry, did that? We don't have a. That sounded good. Are you gonna put something in there? They're coming. You gotta you They're gotta give, you gotta give them a little bit of a appetizer. Yeah. You can't just give them all the witty outtakes in one shot. You gotta yeah. listen. To no, the that's whole smart. Episode. That's smart. We don't really have a lot. Strategic. We want to spread those pretty thin. You're not really selling this. Just keep on. <laughs> so let's move on to real listener feedback. Please, Artie, for 2021. I wanted to share something from one of our faithful listeners who was discussing. The possibility of bringing some local Wisconsin meat products into Europe, which I think is something you probably, on paper, shouldn't do. No. And he mentioned that he thought tradesplaining has helpful tips on meat products and borders, which it might be good to brush up on. So this is this was a really uh, interesting angle. We could become more of a how-to podcast on, for instance, getting around customs procedures. How would one hypothetically smuggle meat across the border if yeah. they were to bring it? And what would it be? Summer sausage. I don't even know what that is. It's such an excellent food. Summer sausage. Summer sausage. Does not exist over here and probably shouldn't because it's very, it's highly addicting. It's also um, It's a lot of garlic. You better both eat it if you're going to be intimate. Yeah. (laughs) I would say. That's what I, that's the only Or live in the same house. (laughs) Yes. Like here where you've got a small floor, everybody on the floor would have to eat it. That's gross. Anyway, we also received one piece of listener feedback, and this was, wasn't really feedback. It was kind of feedback. It was a comment. It's probably my favorite. So DJ Madog, hope you're doing well, wrote that it's a very fun and informative podcast and that Rob and I seem like some quote-unquote cool cats. I say thank you, Madog. M-A-D-A-W-G, if I, I understand correctly. But if he's a dog, why do we call us cool cats? Ooh, yeah, there's a little, there's a, a slight question. tension there, there's a little bit of inconsistency. I was also immediately reminded of Carol Baskins, so maybe she wrote it. The one from Tiger King, the yeah. one who who's winning. She's the Thanos of Tiger King. 
Yeah, look below to find a link to that. I don't know what you're talking about. She's she's the one. She likes cats, and she signs off on all her messages as "Hey, cool cats and kittens." Okay. You see, it's not funny when you have to explain it. Yeah, you're not I saw it. Didn't, didn't didn't register. Didn't register. This is really obscure. This this one's gonna just like this is gonna bomb. I think perhaps more importantly, we do need to have a, a small conversation here, Artie. Am as I you, fired? As you, as, <laughs> it's your annual assessment. Are you breaking up with me? <laughs> it's your annual assessment. We are, as you know, we're still zero revenue up to this point, and we've got a chance here to go into the plus column with a let us tradesplain for you type event where we explain somebody's stuff to a group of mildly interested listeners. I think this could be an angle for us. You really put it in an enticing way. We explain stuff. That's, so, not, that's not our angle? That's not the pitch? No, no. So let me just put that in big boy words <laughs> now. <laughs> so a heads up for next year. A new thing that we're testing out here at Tradesplaining, and that is having listeners or other people in the field have us moderate short sessions or short series for them. There'll probably be one coming out early in 2021, and we're hoping to do more of those. So keep a lookout. And if you're interested in having us Tradesplain, for you, then uh, be sure to reach out and let us know at trade.splaining at gmail.com. That's trade.splaining at gmail.com. We can splain for you. I, I like the link also with succession. We hear for you. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone hasn't watched okay. it, watch it. Watch it right now. It's really good. It's we really we good. hear for you. We hear for you. So, without further ado, I think we should just jump right into it in a very trade-splaining way. One of the things for me, I think, that I took away from 2021 while doing this podcast, obviously, revolves around COVID. And for me, it was that COVID is a, a missed opportunity on many levels. In our discussions, we talked a lot about what was the right way of going about getting vaccines to people, what the WTO could do. We got really bogged down in the minutia, and uh, we spent too little time, I found, on looking back on recognizing that there was this critical need simply just to get vaccines to people's arms. And I think we lost sight of that in many ways because we're talking about, well, IP rights are not the, the best way to go about this. Maybe we should look at this different avenue. And in the end, 12 months passed with, with little to nothing to show for it. So I think for me, I know I'm the pessimist of this group, but for me, that was not a bright spot and it doesn't give me so much hope. I know, Rob, you've got way, way, way more experience. So you're usually the one <laughs> who tells me that it'll be fine. But for me, I think it's just, it, it, it goes to the point that pe many people have, which is that they're sort of disengaged and disenchanted with organizations like the WTO, not to, to beat on the WTO too much, but with these international organizations. I think we've seen one of our guests quoted, was quoted, the quote he had was that we've got small politicians with big problems. And I think in many cases, this is shown to be true. We haven't risen to the occasion as much as we, we should have. And that for me doesn't give me, gives me a bit of cause for concern moving forward. I think if we're taking the U.S. perspectives, I think this was a lost strategic opportunity for the U.S., for the world as well, or the West in general, by not being able to get doses to countries that needed them, while at the same time having large portions of, of, of our populations in the West not wanting the vaccines, right? So I think that is also a missed opportunity. It could have been a, a really way for, for the U.S. to and the West to show that they're committed to global solutions to what are global problems. Yeah, I think it's, it, it's another test of can we work globally to solve global problems. Trade through the WTO is something we could have global solutions to. COVID, uh, COP26 with uh, climate change. So can we work globally? Can we work multilaterally? And a lot of people are saying, we don't trust those processes. We don't believe in them. We don't understand them. So it's, it's, I'm not sure we've missed the opportunity yet, 
but we haven't gotten there for sure. We've got, we know that until everybody's protected, nobody's protected. So we see variants bouncing around that are coming back to places where people are more vaccinated. And we failed to explain adequately what is going on. And we're, I, I would say in Switzerland, we're entering a fifth wave. Is it sixth wave? I, I lost count. Where we're contemplating lockdown. So have we learned nothing? So you had the idea for this podcast during a lockdown. Could this be us going into that again? So is it an opportunity that's missed already? I don't know. But the, the one thing that struck me also is we ask every guest at the beginning, you remember, how has COVID changed your thinking? Most of them said not that much, right? It's mm-hmm. an accelerator. It's a new prism. But many of the problems we're talking about, you know, just people not trusting systems, people not trusting globalization, things not being spread equally, all these kinds of things, they were there. They right. were there. So I think people said, well, sure, it's changed things marginally, but it's in most cases just reinforced things that they were already looking at. So I don't know if we missed an opportunity, but we... I think the ship is past the boat is passing us by. I'll bet slowly. Maybe now it's picking up speed, but I don't know. I, I think if we haven't gotten our act together after what is going to be two years now, so it's December that we're recording this, I don't feel very optimistic that. I mean, eventually we'll probably get there. My point, my my concern is that how much will we have lost in the process, or and will it be too late? It will probably be close to almost too late, right? So we had said 2022 we would be coming out of this, and now we're talking about different variants, and then the the subsequent economic shocks that come with it. So yeah, yeah. I mean, don't discount the manufacturing in different places. So manufacturing is coming up. Remember, we thought the doses are, are few and there's a lack of doses. I don't think it's no longer the issue. No. We know supply chain, and we'll talk about that in a second, for very cold things, these super, super chilled vaccines is still not there yet. But I just think it maybe reinforces our belief that we have to have some global processes, however messy that they are. We've got to believe in them because we can't sit on one side of the world saying we're vaccinated and expect the other side of the world to, I don't know what, die off, never never show up. I mean, we had travel bans. I mean, we had week-long travel bans in Switzerland that had made no sense. In we retrospect. In retrospect. We are yeah. connected. I mean, when you're looking at the numbers, Switzerland is, I think, if we're taking the Swiss example, it's probably the, the lowest percentage among, I think, all or most of European countries in terms of who's been vaccinated. And then you look at that's despite the fact that vaccines are plentiful and you have them readily available. And then you look at country, continents like Africa, and I think the numbers are like less than 7%. And it's not for lack of want, which for me, I think, highlights the situation. So the, the, the areas or the parts of the world that want the vaccines can't get them. And the ones that have the vaccines, many cases, don't want them. And so we're just we're, we're stuck in um, Groundhog Day type of scenario. We're just going back and forth. Anyway. Well, we know that they, we've developed a vaccine record time. It's good. We were hoping actually for some for some good news with the WTO ministerial that was canceled. Okay, but these things could still come out multilateral mm. agreements. So I think I think I do. I am hashtag we are paid to be optimists. I'm not, <laughs> but, but I'm still optimistic. We can we can get something out of it. It's very difficult. It's really difficult. Yeah. Another thing that I think we we learned or we realized that we've seen, I should say, is that supply chains have finally entered the common vocabulary of the world. You're talking about my chairs? So people actually care about how things are produced, my car, shipped. There's a my reason, couch. There's a reason I don't have a pharmacy in my bathrooms. That's because it takes six months to get the materials to Austria to produce them. That's a medicine cabinet for those of you who are listening to this podcast in English. I've been in Switzerland for too long. (laughs) 
don't know why they call it a pharmacy. A pharmacy is down pharmacy. the block. No, man, come in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, we're digressing. So, <laughs> so back to supply chains. I, I think they force us to ask hard questions, as I said, on how we structure the way we produce and distribute goods around the world. The question we came back to a lot was, is just in time out of time, so to speak? And I'm winking twice. Lol. <laughs> Lol. People, I think it seems like it was years ago, but the ever given only happened, the ever given crisis in the Suez Canal only happened just a couple months ago. And it seems like people forgot about it already because of the way news gets to us. We, we talk a lot about nearshoring, but I think those fears have been slightly overblown. What we did probably underestimate, and this is worth talking especially to, to guests in recent times like Mark Esposito, is that COVID may have been actually speeding up the adoption of automation. So that's something to look for, and that'll have effects on all industries and also on the next thing we'll talk about, which is the future of work. And then I think something you wanted to talk about was inflation. Absolutely. So first of all, thanks everybody for your concern. I believe I will have my bicycle by uh, early February. Which you can't ride because it's February and it's snowing. Because the tires aren't arriving. It's one of those things. The pieces are coming as we speak. Damn your bicycle. I don't have (laughs) a medicine cabinet. So I think that we talk about supply chains and things. You know how hard it is to fix your hair with like a little (laughs) circular thing hanging from the wall? For a year, it's it's it's. I know. Sorry, Artie. I, I know, know I make suffering. it look easy. I know you. I know suffering. I make it look easy, but I'm suffering. That's why we're only audio folks. As soon as as soon as you have a face for radio. <laughs> <laughs> so here's where here. This is why Artie's delaying is because we're entering a category called "What Artie Got Wrong." <laughs> And this is about inflation. So we talk about inflation. We were like, ah. I think end of 2020, we're saying, could this be a thing? You're like, it's not a thing. And all sorts of economists were saying, it's not a thing. We don't think it's a thing. And even the U.S. government was pumping trillions into the economy, which would be like a way to create inflation if you wanted to try to do it. Maybe. And then we were still saying, it's not a thing. It's not a thing. We don't think it's a thing. So all of that money, plus all of people sitting around bored buying new couches, and I put myself in that category, plus supply chain woes and increasing real wages. We'll talk about that in a minute. We've got real inflation in the U.S., the highest recorded inflation for the last 40 years. And now it might be a thing. So what could this mean for us? We might grow. It might be a way to say, hey, we're growing out of it. So we're, we're, we, we're seeing a more dynamic economy. We're seeing things uh, light up. And when the supply chain woes are gone and people stop resigning, that uh, perhaps the inflation will ease. But it's, it's quite an interesting because we've had very low inflation since I got out of college. Since the 90s. I mean, if you're just looking at the the 12 years or 13 years now since the financial crisis, we've had more than a decade of just low interest rates. Free money. Not so free as far as I'm concerned because I haven't seen any of it. But (laughs) (laughs) but I think this is also contributing. So if you're putting things in context, in retrospect, everything is 2020. Hindsight is always 2020, as they say. But I still maintain, and a broken clock is, is always right twice a day, that this too shall pass. So you're sticking with it, you're doubling down on this one. Inflation's not a thing. I didn't say it's not a thing, but I think there are bright sides to this. Farmers are doing better than they've ever done, in the U.S. at least. Labor has finally got its groove back, to quote that famous movie from, I think it was the 90s. Anyway, it was Stella. 1980s. How how Stella got her groove back, for those of you wondering. This was the one with um, John Cleese. Oh, that was Wanda. A Fish Called Wanda? I haven't seen that one. I know it. Wanda's Fish. A Fish Called Wanda. Yeah. Okay. But anyway, yeah, I, I think there are bright linings to this. I mean, labor finally, as I said, has has more bargaining power. How long that'll last will be interesting to see. I don't think it'll, in the medium term, you'll probably see more automation and there'll be more stress on policymakers to come up with solutions that alleviate these types of dislocations in the economy that you'll see. Very good. Inflation's okay, not folks, so bad. You heard it here. You heard it here, folks. <laughs> so I think, we, I think this is a really good segue to the, this, the, the future of work. We talked about it with Bald. We know 
it's, uh, it's early Baldwin. in the year. Not James Bald- Baldwin. James, Jim, Jim Baldwin? No, James Baldwin was a writer. No, Professor Baldwin. And we don't call him Baldwino on the podcast. Only when we're in Italy. Just privately. Only when we're driving through <laughs> Tuscany. So, I mean, for, for, for work and for, for wage laborers, for people on salaries, it's a confusing time. So we see the, the rise of real wages for the first time since the late 70s. So probably when I was in grade school was when that stopped happening. High um, school or grade school? Late, excuse me. Thank so you, you very older. much. Yeah. Thanks, folks. Bringing it back. <laughs> Very good. In 1976, I was in grade school. Thanks very much for that. And show me your show me your birth certificate. So the rise of <laughs> the long form birth, the long form birth certificate. The birther certificate. I'm a skip birther. <laughs> so we see the rise of real wages. As I said, we see also a resurgence in organized labor. We talked about a John Deere strike, which was successful. We talk about people voting to unionize Starbucks or Charbucks for those of us who don't like the, the the roast that they use. So could this be could that mean Starbucks, John Deere and so on? Could it mean unions become stronger? We said drop in real wages in part was because unions uh, were weakened. On the other hand, we see uh, work from home becoming more and more of a thing, accelerated hugely of course by COVID or podcasting from home. And podcasting even from home. So so we eventually can work from anywhere. And that means we could be, as Baldwin told us, competing with everybody everywhere, which is going to increase the rewards to those who are the best and, and, and make it even more unequal in a way. So this could be good for those not in, not in the West. It could be difficult for those of us who are here who may not be competitive. Or to use an overused phrase, it'll be a net plus for the global economy. Is that overused? <laughs> it's really overused. <laughs> Trade is a net plus. Yeah. What they don't mention is it's not so great for the farm labor and XYZ state. Yeah. Nebraska. Democrat farm labor, that's Minnesota. That's where you're from. Thank you very much, Long Islander. So so I guess these changes are happening. They're long-term, they're medium-term, but how how much of a shock they are, how, what effect they have, really depends on the policy responses. And we know we've talked so much that trade isn't the thing. It's everything else. It's all the accompanying measures. It's the, it's, it's, the, it's the labor policy. It's the education policy. It's infrastructure. It's money. It's everything else. So how are these policies around trade going to be used to cushion this or even take advantage of it? I think that's, that's kind of the big, the big point we can take from future work discussions this year. And as we know, as I've already said, I'm the pessimist of the bunch. And I'm not, I don't know if I'm so confident that the policy responses will come in parallel or even close to in parallel with the changes that are happening because I think the response times are so slow. We're still going to continue to see, for lack of a better word, this dislocation in, in labor labor markets. So you're going to see people losing their jobs in, in many countries like the U.S., for example. They'll be on their own. So there won't be much job training. They won't be able to, it won't be, it'll take much longer for them to find different areas of work. And then so that brings its own set of consequences politically but also economically so uh, yeah I, I don't know i think it's it's a trend that we all see coming but nobody's really acting on and also maybe in a slide of a, a slide a side note a slide note, note a slide note i'm part of a union at you the are? un our work actions usually involve sitting in our desks not doing anything otherwise known as a wednesday <laughs> otherwise known as any given day and i'm wondering since the labor's resurgent and all this could maybe i go out and strike and maybe break stuff i mean isn't that the point of a strike I think you're missing the point a little bit. Couldn't I like break some windows or maybe burn a car? This is where I would tell our listeners to Google Jimmy Hoffa. <laughs> I mean, and how that worked nah, out. I don't know, going from zero to one million, but yeah, just to you know, break a small or not. But you anyway, you don't think UN employees could break stuff? <laughs> Speaking of breaking stuff and <laughs> soaking the rich, which is the natural segue. One other thing I think we've also seen. Uh, there are a number of ways to describe it. 
you could talk about the luxurification of everything, the rise of Bitcoin, and then this Gilded X page. So it's basically COVID lockdowns, I think, and, and the rise of this blockchain economy. What we're seeing has coincided with us putting our faith in, I think, individuals over governments. So Elon Musk, the Jeff Bezos of the world, we joke a lot about it. But in many ways, they have become stand-ins for what we used to consider, say, governments or community, if you will. And this is especially true in the U.S. I think part of this is, if you're looking back, we keep mentioning post-financial crisis in 2008. We talked about inflation and quantitative easing, how it's made assets like crypto and watches which is a personal favorite of mine, way more attractive as asset classes to millennials and Gen Z. And I think this is partly a, a, to quote unquote an FU to the established class. They're, they're unable to enter stock markets because the prices are sky high. So they're looking to alternative investments as silly as they sound, things like watches and, and Bitcoin and others. And this is just happening at the same time that you have this supply chain crunch. And um, <clears throat> I don't know who put inflation in here because that's not a thing. It's not a thing. We just <laughs> confirmed that earlier. It's not a thing, folks. But uh, I think we're also, on top of that, we're starting to see, to, back to this luxurification of everything, on top of that, we're starting to see more and more industries cater to this ever-growing uber-rich class, whether that's bags, coats, watches. Again, I don't know who put watches in there. Vacations, um, tourism, everything. To my personal favorite, the hermes out Mercedes G-Wagon interiors because leather wasn't good enough. Crystals? Crystal. That's absurd. It is absurd, but it's also a real thing. And I think this is more indication of this stratification of wealth or, or this, we keep talking about inequality, but it's it's really becoming front and center. It's harder not, not to see it, right? I think Elon Musk's wealth, for example, if you're taking that example, grew X fold in the span of, of 18 months. And I don't think that's a coincidence. No, I agree. And and it's and it's global. So in our in my Sunday paper here in Geneva, I've got a seven-part feature on Elon Musk and the seven faces of Elon Musk. So it's a massive, it's a, it's a, it's a massive thing even here. Why do we care about this guy? It's, it's saying he's iconoclastic, he's a genius, he's difficult personally. Why do we care about all these aspects of this, of this individual? Same with Bezos, who I guess isn't going to sponsor a segment. Well, so we can just hard, go ahead and go on that. And, and I, I think the, the big story for me is, is a reinforcement of inequality. So if you've got an Hermes, G-Wagon, Mercedes, on the other side, you've got tons of people who have less and less and are getting by on less and less. So that's, yeah. that, that's the thing I think you can be pessimistic about. You can say, well, it's more like we're kind of in 1913. Right? We're mm-hmm. in a place where things are absurd and the people are seeing it and those who are not benefiting are becoming more and more frustrated with it. So our challenge is how do we pull back on something that seems like it's gaining momentum. I think uh, on top of everything, the thing that, that gets me is on top of everything we've talked about, what we've seen happen in 2021 based on our discussions, what we've read in the news, just on, on everyday life, all this is happening really in front of our eyes, right? I think it's never been harder to become a millionaire in many ways, but at the same time, it's easier than ever to become a billionaire, so to speak. It's an oversimplification, but I think it's it's indicative of, of where we're at. It's harder and harder to get into, to break into that sphere, if you will, but it's much easier to create wealth at, at multiples of, of where, what you were used to. I'm, not, I'm to. not going to insert the word calcification. So we're cal- what we're seeing is a calcification of, <laughs> of, of the socioeconomic classes. Calcification. They drink a lot of milk. I guess that's why. Absolutely. Absolutely, they do. They have strong bones and great teeth. They listen to episode whatever, which was calcium, the atomic number. Start laughing because then the people know it's a joke. Hashtag cobalt. 
And that giggling you hear is Michelle in the background. Well, that's all great, Artie. I'm glad you were able to bring these big global trends, as we call them. But what's really important, I think, is a list that I've created of lessons I've learned in podcasting this year. Well, I'll just go jump off a bridge now. Thanks. <laughs> I think they're very practical, and many podcasters globally will really appreciate this Let's, let's hear them. The first one is, always remember to turn Rob's track on. So we're not going to just record Artie. We're going to record both the people speaking. Oops, I did it again. Brittany. Yeah, thank you, Brittany. The second is shut the hell up and let Rob talk. I didn't write this. So we're going to let, we're gonna let Rob get in a word edgewise during the news segment. But why would we want to do that? Third, and then you can come back in, of course, with, with your, your important lessons learned. I learned don't breathe. Do not breathe. And separate the mics? Separate the mics. We haven't gotten there yet. We're there. We're there. We're there. There's going to be no echo. Michelle's nodding. There will be no echo. She's saying, yes, definitely. There's no echo this year. Don't digress. Or just do the right amount of digressing for it to be entertaining. Because who wants to be at a conference panel all day? And narrator, no one. No one. And don't use the word digress. What other word would you use? Um, Got him. <laughs> so stop digressing with your pausing. Okay, just the right amount. Let's uh, we can keep on that theme. Use just the right amount of bourbon because uh, we did we we have I would say experimented with that. We call that the Goldilocks zone. And we did get into zone of too hot, the too much bourbon zone, and we lost a few hours there. It was one time. It was one time. It'll never be. It'll never happen again. So also, I think this is a really practical and, and a more, more of a technical thing. Read the script before starting to record. Or write the script. Contribute to writing. So it would be good to have a script. You know, the show notes would be important to read before you start This recording. is what I did understand. And then when we have content from last episode sitting prominently in the middle of the news roundup, that's when you think, maybe I should have read the script. We need more people working on this people. podcast. We need people. If what you're interested, you join us, trade.splaining at gmail.com. Artie, did you it's have any, any important lessons learned from your side? I thought I made them pretty clear. I don't know if I missed anything. I spent a lot of time thinking about how we could organize our thoughts on the year, and you just... Don't, don't breathe was, I think, one of your... Was that was a big yeah. one. So you did you did process I got that. something that I, I got. Talk when you're when I point to you. Yes. <laughs> That's important. And only when I point to you. Yes. Read what's in the script, even all the punctuation marks. I use apostrophes. If Another anybody's point for the 2022 If anybody's seen podcast. Anchorman with Will Ferrell, they'll know what I'm talking about. Don't read the script completely, ever. You have to ad-lib sometimes. Well, this week in local news has become something of a listener favorite this year. It's also the only year we've been in existence. And so in keeping with the theme of the last episode of 2021, we want to take some time to look back on our favorite local news stories from the year that was. So I'll start off because I intro this segment, Rob. And executive producing it, so go ahead. So yeah. pretty Please. much pretty much, I'm the jefe. The yeah. I'm the big cheese. Go ahead. To quote Wisconsin man. Please proceed. Anyway, my personal favorite from 2021 was the Turkish man who went missing after a night of drinking and then joined the search party organized by his family to find him all while still being completely blitzed out of his mind. We here at TS, and by that I mean me, certainly hope that he was able to find what he was looking for. Hashtag Bono. I think we've all had nights like that. No, we've all been on a search party looking for ourselves. No. no? I mean, is that a like a yeah. in an abstract way? Maybe. That's life, yeah, I guess. Yeah, abstract. That's We're all looking meant. to That's find actual. ourselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some but, more literally than others. I think for me, it's definitely a tie. We, we did have a guy who brought uh, 50 dried bats into uh, Geneva. And that was a good reminder. That's not good food safety. We don't 
really uh, endorse practices like that to put that in your luggage. I don't know what would be a good practice for that. The other one was the two guys who tried three different times to bring ham and wine across the border. Last time they commandeered a bus, but our intrepid customs folks stopped them the third time, and then the ham and the wine were taken away. So the third time is not the charm. Third time was not the charm in this case. Not for these Thank guys. Thank you. Thank you, customs folks, for defending our high-priced meat here in Geneva. Showing that, in fact, you are working <laughs> and not hiding behind that little booth. Tell us, folks, write to us at trade.splaining at gmail.com about what your favorite news story of, news the, year story was. of the year was. Did you, did you stop? What, what was that all about? She's looking at me funny. Because it sounded like Dora the Explorer again. She's looking funny. <laughs> Which part of the thing did you like, kitties? Pause. Pause. <laughs> me too. That, that's called... Anyway, so before we end, I think it's also... Yo uh, también. <laughs> well, I think mine, my story was better, but we'll just end it at there and let the listeners That's decide. your outro? Uh, mine was better? Mine was better. Uh, Artie did it better. Well, folks, that wraps up episode 27 and the year 2021 for us here at Trade Splaining. This episode was brought to you by Healthy Dose of Holiday Cheer and, of course, the Element Cobalt. My favorite. It's a chance for me and, of course, Artie to thank you for listening for your reactions, for buying our merchandise. Oh, no, we don't have that yet. For pre-ordering our merchandise. Pre-ordering our merchandise next year, very soon. And also to all of our great guests, and of course, Michelle, the intern. She's not an intern. She's a vital member of the team. She's paid as much as the rest of us for making 2021 a great year in podcasting. That's right. And uh, as Rob said, we want to thank Michelle once again for helping in producing all of our episodes, this as well as all the others in 2021. And looking forward to keeping that going in 2022. And as always, you know my shtick. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't done so already to make sure you catch our next episode coming out in 2022. As always, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and those are the main ones, but we're really everywhere you can get your podcast. Globally. We're, we're universal. Also, don't forget to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Just say anything, really. Just show us you're out there. Like the movie from the 80s that Rob loves. Um, <laughs> you, you guys know the shtick. Write them in. The holidays are right around the corner, so you will be on break. You can also follow us on Twitter at Tradesplaining or on Instagram at Trade.Splaining. Or email us your questions, comments, diatribes, love letters to trade.splaining at gmail.com once again that's trade.splaining at gmail.com and remember this holiday season it's even more important to listen responsibly but also drink responsibly lay off the eggnog grandpa <laughs> <laughs>